Okay, guys, it's 2023. What does that mean? Well, as much as I may want to resist going with the ye old New Year's resolutions, I do find that in January, I have a renewed sense of energy and desire to make some changes and get back on or just get on for the first time, the horse of health and well-being. Now, in the midst of our seventh season of Heal, I wanted to check in with you, my audience. What do you need now in your healing journey? What are your goals? What are you struggling with, dealing with, or even resigned to that you don't think will ever change? What has been there lingering in the background that you just don't want to drag into yet another year? I want to hear from you. I want to connect and be sure that we are delivering on the topics of information and inspiring stories to support you in your healing journey. When Kendra and I first crafted the idea for Heal, it definitely came out of my personal desire to put as much goodness and possibility of health and healing out into the world. And not actually here just to entertain you. My true heart's desire is that this show makes a difference in your life and supports you to take action to live health and heal. Also, I want to be sure that you know, I have a comprehensive deep dive medical health consulting practice where I meet with my clients virtually from all over the world, and I have room for you. Many people ask me if I'm taking new clients, and while I love that y'all think I'm book solid 100% of the time, actually, I want you to know I am available. I offer a free 30-minute exploration conversation to anyone interested in working with me to learn more about each other and how my approach may make a difference for you. Commonly, I work with people dealing with hormone issues, gut and digestive issues, chronic fatigue, autoimmune disorders, mold toxicity, chronic allergies, migraine headaches, insomnia, and people who have dealt with chronic anxiety and depression looking to support their body's biochemistry in addition to healing their emotional and mental challenges. While that may seem like quite a list, most of those diseases are connected and disorders are connected. So we will bridge the gap to bring it all together to elevate your health and your well-being and get your life back. I have a deeply intuitive and scientific-based approach. Yes, both. I bridge the worlds of coaching, spiritual energy healing, and doctoring to bring you the best tools you need to get your life and your health back as efficiently and effectively as possible. The early months of the new year come with an increasing light each day, bringing new vision, new motivation, and new energy. As the seeds you planted last summer and fall, deep beneath the soil are slowly waking up and gathering their power to sprout new futures this spring. This is the perfect time to take new action and create health and a pathway to healing. I'm here for you. If you have felt called to find out more about the possibility of working together, please reach out on my Connect page of my website, sarahmarshallnd.com, and let's talk. Also, please contribute to the show with guest ideas or topic ideas or how-to guides or whatever it is that is going to make a difference for you this year in 2023. What do you want to learn about? What do you want to know about? What are you dealing with? You can shoot us an email on that same page of my website, sarahmarshallnd.com slash connect. I love you guys. Heal wouldn't exist without you. Thanks so much. Welcome to Heal. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Siri Waringa, energy healing practitioner and reader of human design charts. Do you feel like you are an empath or highly sensitive person? 
Do you have the experience of feeling everyone around you or feel like you're easily influenced by their thoughts, ideas, or energy? Then this episode is for you. Human design is an incredible system that has you see how you may have specific empathic tendencies and sensitivities to others and helps you understand where you are more solid in trusting yourself and where you can work on boundaries and relating to others. We also dive into the healing power of nature and how Siri chose to change careers after a traumatic brain injury and step fully into practicing the healing arts to empower others to live their best lives. Siri is the founder of Intuition by Design, whose mission is to help clients receive tools and education to help access their potential so that they can lead an empowered life. As an energy healing practitioner, human design reader, and teacher, Siri holds space for clients to explore the underlying blocks to their wellness, helping them to shine their light and embody all that they are here to express their, their fullest. Clients can count on Siri to hold space for their healing with nourishing support at every step of their journey. Join us. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. All right, we're here. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it. I have Siri Waringa, who mm-hmm. is the owner of Intention by Design, and you are an energy healing practitioner and also a reader of human design charts. Correct. And this is super rad to have this conversation today because we actually had Karen Curry Parker on the show a few months ago, and one of her of many amazing talents is she's actually taught courses on human design and she has been someone who has become a leader in the human design world, but we didn't really talk about it on the podcast. We talked about (laughs) burnout and we talked about other aspects of healing and taking care of ourselves. We didn't get into that. So one of many topics you and I could explore today, but we could get more into what is that and what it's all about. and, And that's awesome. You also, you and I, met through the ski industry, through ski world. Mm -hmm. We both were coaches up at Snowbird, the Sports Education Foundation. And so that's another, the interesting part is I would love for you to share about what you dealt with. You had a traumatic brain injury and Mm -hmm. the process of that and how that, if it does, ties into where you are now in your life no mm-hmm. longer a full-time coach of skiing, but actually now doing healing work with people. And I have a suspicion there's a connection <laughs> between those two things. <laughs> so we've got lots of stuff that we can get into today. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I just love the community of people that you've brought together to explore healing in every capacity. And it's an honor to be here and share my story. And hopefully for all the listeners out there, you can gain some nuggets from what I've been through. That's always the goal, right? To learn from each other. Together. The collective. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Where would you like to start? <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess I'll give a little background on my story. I think it kind of helps to understand why I do what I do now, I suppose. So I I actually was raised, born in Montana, and we ran a whitewater rafting company up there in the summers. And then in the winters, my dad worked at Alta Ski Area. So we literally lived six months in each place growing up. So skiing in the winter, rafting in the summer. And that really connected me to loving the outdoor world. And I think that it's so important for us all to have connection to the outdoor world because that helps ground our systems in so many ways. But yeah, so I grew up a skier and and then got really into skiing and racing and ended up becoming a, a ski racer for Westminster College here in Salt Lake City. And while I was racing for them, I ended up getting in a horrible ski accident 
And I received a traumatic head injury, like you said, and it was a fascinating thing. I, you know, reflecting back on that, I was a very foggy person, I think, up until that point. And this this accident was sort of that big shift in my life. And, you know, many people have those things that happen in their lifetime that really changes their trajectory. But essentially, I got injured and was life flighted with a traumatic head injury. And so Western medicine saved my life. And I'm so grateful for it. But it, it was so fascinating because I was, you know, nearly paralyzed in the left side of my body for a while. I had drop foot. I had to relearn how to learn, how to ski, how to walk. And Western medicine didn't really have many options for me to really help in my healing. It was really like, they're like, well, here's some PT and stuff, but you know, time is really going to be what's going to help you to heal. And my, I feel so lucky because my parents were really, they had the ability to send me to all sorts of different alternative healers here in Salt Lake, which there are many, which is amazing. And so I explored everything from massage to cranial sacral to chiropractic to energy work, you name it, I did it. (laughs) And with each and every single modality that I experienced, I became clearer and clearer. And what was so fascinating about that too, is that I relearned so many aspects of my body and how our brain and body are connected and got fascinated in the learning process. And so I ended up, because I couldn't be a ski racer anymore, you know, as a, as, as an athlete, I, I got into coaching because once you relearn how to do something, you become such a good teacher. So I started coaching racing and then later got my master's in teaching and fell in love with just the art of teaching in every capacity. And then it was so cool because as I, you know, came into a much clearer version of myself than I ever was before through all this healing, I got really drawn into the alternative medicine world and got certified in Reiki and became a Reiki master and and then got certified in Acunect, which is another modality that utilizes Chinese medicine and body talk. And, and then later became a breathwork facilitator. And so I've been doing healing sessions on the side for friends and family and others for a long time. And it's it's something that I naturally feel gifted in. And it's just been so cool to help other people <laughs> experience the same healing that I went through. Yeah. And, and so I did that on the side and was a coach for about 12 years and then finally quit that. And now I'm doing energy work and human design readings and breath work full time. So it's been really a cool journey to go on. It is. It's so awesome to hear that. And I I mean, there's a lot of differences, but there's so many similarities between my path and yours. Also, Mm -hmm. I don't think we talked about that. I was a river guide for five years (laughs) (laughs) and I started in Utah in Vernal, Utah for hatch river expeditions. And then, and so that was my, like, cause I too had this, this love affair with nature. And, and I think Mm. this is something that's actually been surfacing in my work more. And I don't know what shape it's going to take as I go forward. I always had this dream of creating river rafting trips, like five and six day rafting trips that would combine health, healing, nutrition, amazing diet, like, and being out in the wilderness in this amazing experience together. Cause like, you know what? I know like wilderness therapy exists, but has often been targeted towards youth and particular times in people's lives. Although I've seen really cool things where like, particularly around there was first descents with people with cancer who they would teach them how to kayak And that experience of facing their fears and doing something brand new. And it brought a whole new level of clarity and also like 
discovering their own inner resilience to go through the process of mm-hmm. chemo and surgeries and and radiation or whatever their path was for for working with and treating their cancer. There have been others. There was someone else I knew that would do these pretty major wilderness expeditions in all kinds of different places. Sometimes it was canoeing. Sometimes it was in the Alaskan backcountry around the same concepts. And so I think beyond just people who are dealing with disease, it's something that I say our relationship to nature and spending time in nature is one of the major sources of disease in our culture. It's where we've gotten disconnected and severed from who we are. Now, easy for me to say right now, I happen to be recording this podcast (laughs) just a few miles outside of Joshua Tree Park, and I'm in the middle of the desert (laughs) in this like incredible wilderness experience. It's not really the wilderness. I'm in a house with internet that I'm recording this on. But just this morning, I was sitting outside And like feeling the wind on my face and the sun and like looking out at this huge vista and the mountains off in the distance and the just the the barrenness, but the emptiness of the desert. And like it started to do something to me. Mm -hmm. Like I could feel something happening. And it's interesting because it's not how my life has been. I spend time outside. I go outside a lot. Mm -hmm. I think there's something different between that and being in and with nature. And like, I have had the privilege to do some pretty major deep wilderness backcountry experiences, including sailing across the Pacific Ocean. I've I've done that. Mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, the inner places in Idaho and Montana and Utah in particular and the Wind River Range in Wyoming and done some pretty long, like I did five weeks in Mm. southern Utah straight. 33 days the whole time in Canyonlands country. And, you know, so I've had some of these times that at the time when I was a lot younger, I didn't experience how healing they actually were, but they were. And they were also very galvanizing and formative to who I am. And I know that wasn't really our actual point of, of the topics, but it's interesting that we're here is like that disconnect from nature, like even getting my clients to go outside period for like 10 minutes a day let alone getting to the next level of connecting with nature and then going somewhere that's like all you see is nature mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. going somewhere that actually is wild. Yeah. Each yeah. one of those and what they provide. And, and it's, it's a medicine and I know nature bathing and forest bathing is now kind of a thing. And I'll be honest, I kind of like puke a little bit in the back of my throat when I hear those phrases. Like I hate when we like market and turn this, but I also appreciate that the conversation is present. So like it's, yeah. I get this double-edged sword about it, but that's just, that's just awesome. And and there's so many things in what you said also about like, oftentimes we, we as healers, and I think people who identify as healers, which that's, we could make a whole podcast out of that topic for myself. <laughs> I've gone all over the map and, and more recently I'm really starting to own that component. I am a doctor and I'm a healer and there's differences between those two roles and Mm -hmm. there are similarities between those two roles. And it's not always a given that all doctors are healers and not all healers are going to work in medicine the same, you know, there's, there's, it's like a Venn diagram. There's overlap. But for me, as I've been owning that more and more, I recognize like I grew up with asthma and a ton of immune system issues and was in and out of the hospital and had a lot of Mm -hmm. illness as a child and went through some pretty major physical stuff. Same thing. Western medicine Mm -hmm. saved my life. I wouldn't be on the planet without it. 
Also, yeah. it only took me so far. And then there was this stop, this limit. We weren't talking about strengthening my lungs. We weren't talking about yeah. reversing the inflammation or even investigating what I was responding to, if anything, from my environment or from my diet. Yeah. That all came from my own research. Also had some hippie parents who were very involved mm -hmm. in alternative medicine. So I saw homeopaths and I saw yeah. herbalists as a kid and we would have, you know, different practices from what is deemed more alternative or complementary medicine as a part of my upbringing that I think led me into naturopathic medicine. So like that journey, that process, and, and I know many of my clients as they've healed and worked on their own stuff, many of them change careers they decide that really mm -hmm. they want to focus more on, on making a difference for other people and contributing that. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's really rad to see that reflected in your story as well. Totally. I mean, how, how magical. And I just love, I love that when people souls come together and we're like, Oh my God, <laughs> we're, we're on the same plane here, you know? Yep. And, I knew I liked you when we were skiing together, but now right? I'm like, we're like soul sisters. <laughs> I know. So amazing. Yeah. And I, I just, there's so many nuggets of wisdom in what you just said too. And I just think, you know, for me personally, I came to this, I, I think that wherever my soul is from is, is just not from this planet necessarily. I am from somewhere else. So when I came to this planet, it, I never felt very grounded here. I've, I've, I feel very different from the people around me and, and there's other people that I really resonate with that same story with, you know, and I think, being outside has always been where I do feel more connected to my higher self, the universe, etc. And so I feel so lucky to have been raised in that outdoor world to be connected with it. And I, I've made it one of my life missions to help others feel comfortable outside. Because like you said, there's a huge disconnect. And I think that what I've also learned is that we, you know, when we don't you know, a big part of my work helping clients is, is really helping them to access the light that they are. And I think that there's a lot of trauma and stress in this human experience that disconnects us from who we are, and especially not from, you know, not being outside. And as for me, I, you know, growing up, I had about every illness and injury you can think of. And I was, it was like my body kind of attracted all sorts of different things, I believe, because I wasn't connected to my light. And so when I started doing the work to understand the stress and trauma that had gone on and to connect to who it is that I am, my body and my resilience and my light started to shine brighter. And those things no longer could host in my body. I know that sounds out there, but so energy work is such a powerful thing because it it creates more resilience in our bodies so that we can handle <laughs> being on this planet and and it's just so powerful. No, I love that and I love where you're going and this is one of the intentions of heal is to, to have the the rare conversations that are not normally had so this is yeah. this is perfect and <laughs> and I haven't done a lot of interviews yet where I've shared about the energy work that I've done and, and what I've studied, mm -hmm. but there's one aspect of it. Although I did have my mentor, Liliana Barzola, who's who trained me in all the energy mm -hmm. healing work. She was a guest a couple of years ago or, or mm -hmm. seasons ago, last year sometime. And one of the things she taught me was about parasitic energy. And this is like, yeah. okay, guys, hold on to this from a place of metaphor and let's play with it. But mm -hmm. like, if you think about there being light energy and dark energies, and you know, that there's a certain degree of consciousness to all of that, one of the things that I was taught that was really helpful for me is, is that you actually have to earn 
a human body. Mm. Not just any soul or spirit or or entity can can get one of these because actually like they're kind of dangerous. <laughs> they can do a lot of damage. You need a certain yeah. amount of wisdom and responsibility in order to even get incarnated into a body. Mm-hmm. And then what's also great about that is that we have a certain hierarchical power over the energies around us. And, you know, many of my clients and people who come to me would consider themselves empathic. And what they often deal with is they're like little sponges to everybody else's energy around them mm-hmm. or big sponges. And that a lot of what they're dealing with and sometimes even what's in their diseases is stemming from it's not even theirs. They just have collected and collected and collected. And again, we could look at this from a metaphor of just when you walk through your life, how much of your day is taken up by handling the problems and emotional challenges of the people around you and how much of it is taking care of yourself and navigating your own challenges and emotional spaces, right? That that alone could be what we're talking about. So how do you start to fill yourself out, fully inhabit your body, fully inhabit the space you take up with your energy, with your light, with your spiritual self? And what I find is whatever your access point is to doing that kind of work and quite frankly, changing your diet, drinking enough water, detoxifying Mm -hmm. your body, dealing with its physiology is a way to build that. Correct. As a naturopath, I'm focused on increasing people's vitality and how do they increase their vitality? And Mm -hmm. I put a lot of emphasis on the physical things we need to do to take care of this physical body, but I will run into roadblocks with people where we just can't take it any further until they're willing to look through these other lenses of their energetic body, their spiritual body, their emotional body, however we want to go. And you can, (laughs) the sky's kind of the limit how far out you want to go. So going back to parasitic energy, what I noticed for me, and this was kind of the metaphor I was, is anywhere that I had had trauma and I disinhabited that part of myself and they're in energy work. We'll talk about soul retrieval where something very Mm -hmm. traumatic will happen to you at any point in your life, but particularly as a young child, it's like a part of yourself either dies or a part of yourself goes away. And I think it's more that it goes away. It's like, it's unsafe. And even just with all of my asthma and inflammation being sick all the time, I would dissociate. I would get out of my body. I'd let my body sit there being sick and I would go mm-hmm. off and drift in my emotions and my and my intuition and my imagination. Some of the work I'm doing with EMDR and my therapist right now is about going back to those places to reconnect, do soul retrieval, pull those parts of myself, my identity, my ego, my id, pick a paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. And reintegrate who I really am. And yeah. as I heal those empty spaces or those dark spaces and I fill myself out fully, I become resilient. And what I've noticed is I get quote unquote less attacked from bad energy. I don't pick, I'm not as sticky as I used to be. I used to like, when I was in college, I couldn't go to most bars or parties because I would walk out with all this bad energy. And sometimes I'd even pick fights with my boyfriend, which was not who I was. I would act in ways that didn't seem like they were who, because it was like something else had come in and started running my body. If I got really drunk, that would happen too, because it was like my soul and spirit left my body. Cause it was like, Whoa, this place is toxic. And Mm -hmm. then if I drank too much, something else would come in Mm -hmm. And start behaving and acting and saying things that were inconsistent with who I was. And I fortunately had energy healers in my life once I especially got to medical school who they would actually like go clean this out. And I actually used to Mm -hmm. do more of that work with people where I would actually go in and and go through the process of cleaning Mm -hmm. some of the dark energies out. 
I've done some neat meditations now where I've come to recognize that they all have something to teach us. Like they wouldn't be able to get in if there wasn't the hole there. So one, they kind of point us to where our spots are to heal. Yeah. But also each one has a different quality or like teach us about addiction, teach us about trauma, teach us about mm-hmm. where we're you know in attachments. And I started to reframe it where we say dark energy and light energy. But if you think of that more like blue energy and orange energy, it's not good and bad. They're just different. And like in shamanic work, we talk about working with your shadow and the more you get to know your shadow and learn from your shadow and balance out with your shadow. But if you try and ignore the shadow all the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that doesn't go well. You actually, it's like what resists, what you resist persists. I just realized I said a lot of stuff, (laughs) but I love that we're having this conversation. (laughs) I know I'm like writing notes. I'm like, oh gosh, I want to bounce off that and that. Good, good. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, it's, well, and it's, as you were speaking to, it was kind of reminding me of the the narrative for sensitive people on the planet. And really, I think we're all sensitive in just certain different ways, but some certainly are very sensitive, right? And the narrative has been to really, like, I remember growing up, I was super sensitive. I could not go into a room full of angry people because I would have to leave and puke. Like, it was like, I didn't know how to handle my sensitivity. And it was felt like such a curse. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've learned the gift of it. And right. And that's why I'm an energy healer. Like, it's a gift to be able to feel so much. But I remember growing up, you know, those around me that were trying to help me with that, like, okay, just zip up your energy, like protect yourself, you shield yourself. And it's like, and that was sort of the old school mentality of this. And as I've grown to understand my body and how we all operate, it's like, we're all empathic in different ways and we will feel a lot. And it's so important to, to bring that resilience up like you do with nutrition and I do with people's light and energy, because then it, it enables us to feel in a more grounded way so that we can feel others energy and let it pass through. And I've always said, you know, you can't, you can't control the outside. You can't control other people. You can't control what's out there, but you can control your well-being and the light and, and your nutrition so that that resilience is there to be able to feel all of those things, which is so amazing. And, and then that leads into this idea that the universe is, is always working for you, right? It's like you were saying, like every person that comes into our field is just a reflection to help us to understand how we're navigating all of these different energies and what we're working through. And so the more we can get connected and grounded in our own bodies, the more that our, that perspective can open up to that and our soul can actually evolve through it rather than just feeling like we're a punching bag <laughs> constantly. I love that you brought in the conversation about being a sensitive person. Cause like, you know, many of us will even hear like, God, you're just so sensitive, you know, from yeah. family members or from relationships, or we kind of, I have beat myself up a lot over being sensitive and I've built thick skins and walls. And I actually have a thing that we, we, if you name it, you can kind of take ownership over it. So I have the Dr. Sarah Marshall super suit where I zip myself uh, up and I like put on yes. my armor and I can go out into the world and kick ass and whatever. Mm-hmm. If I don't do it from a conscious place though, if it's truly just in protection, I also tend to cause more destruction around me. I don't leave people empowered and cared for and seen and nurtured when I'm in Sarah Marshall's super suit. Right. I can be very productive. 
<laughs> right. It works I can on get a certain a lot level. Done, but like, <laughs> yes. and that was like through right. my 10 years of work at Landmark did a lot around how to actually have me standing in my power without it having to come with the armor. Right. Yes. And yes. there's work. There's actually a, a ceremony I have not yet done. I have registered for it twice mm. and it has not been completed called shamanic dearmoring. And it works on that. It's a 15 day ceremony and you do this practice every single day for 15 days. I won't get into mm. the details here, but it, it's something that's spoken to me for a long time about truly healing your auric body mm. and, and starting to deal with a lot of where we have gone numb. And it's yeah. in a context of expressing your sensuality, who we are as sentient beings, human mm-hmm. beings are, are actually deeply, 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 deeply feeling Yes. Mammals. And maybe all mammals are, and we should give the animal kingdom a lot more credit for what it experiences Mm -hmm. in trauma, just because they don't have language to tell us, ouch, that hurt doesn't mean that we're not hurting them. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) But, you know, when I look at addiction and I look at, not that I have any attachment to people being married or not, but, but if you just look at the divorce rate as a potential side of where there's a lot of pain for people, not being able to work mm-hmm. through their relationships, disassociation from relate from family relationships, mm-hmm. you know, the lack of experience of fulfillment and satisfaction that most people will talk about. And, and then the pandemic has cranked the volume up for anxiety and depression and yeah. what a lot of people deal with. You know, Brene Brown's one of my favorite, 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 favorite people on the planet. And she, a lot of her work is like what it is to generate intimacy and wholehearted living, which another way of saying that is being connected, yeah, feeling each other. And yeah. when we feel in a safe place and we're with somebody who we experience as someone we can trust, that that's so nourishing for us to yeah. actually be sensitive with somebody. Like right. when you fall in love, what is that? But this incredible intimate experience of feeling everything, which can be a little bit overwhelming too. Mm-hmm. And how many of us search for that peak experience, peak experience, peak experience. But when we do this work to heal and rebuild, but part of the healing for me, like this whole podcast is an inquiry and how do we heal and what does it mean to heal? Well, I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> it's super amazing on the other side and I still have work to do here but for me, what I've gotten to about of healing is resensitizing myself, yeah. actually being willing to feel more than I have been. Like when I was a little kid, I felt everything. And then over teenage years, 20s and 30s, it was shut down, shut down, shut down. And then now in the last 10 years, it's been open up, open up, open up. But here's the bad news. What comes with it is heartbreak. What comes with it is experiencing pain. What comes with it. But it's, I notice there's a difference for me between suffering and heartbreak. Mm, It's like mm -hmm. the difference between fear and panic. Mm, You know, I can mm -hmm. be very afraid and feel very empowered by my fear into being alert and taking action, or I can be in panic or terror, which tends to be when I'm wrapping myself up in my shadow or my story, or I'm not Mm -hmm. actually in my reality. I'm not dealing with what's actually happening. I'm dealing with a story of what I'm afraid might happen. Yeah, totally. So in that same way, like Mm -hmm. I actually would say that I think all human beings are high sensitives. I think Mm -hmm. we're all empaths. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I think that out of survival, some of us have gone way further into numbness and disassociation than others. And people have found all kinds of coping mechanisms to deal with their sensitivity, isolation being one of them. 
Oh yeah. If I just take myself away from it all, if I have less friends, if I have less relationships, if I only have a few safe people, mm-hmm. it's it's in that it just shows the degree of trauma that people have dealt with because I think we all have that. Totally. Totally. And it's funny because I I think one of my gifts is being able to see like I naturally see through whatever patterns people have, like I see to their heart. And so when I look around and I see the violence or the numbing or the whatever, I'm just like, oh, oh, just like, you know, just be you, you know, like naturally I'm like, I I see you, you know, it's okay. And, and it's just so wild to witness the amount, all of the ways that we do to disconnect and to not feel, you know, cause it's just so painful. And I just think that when we can create safety in the body, we create that ability to feel and to, and that utilizes our gifts. And I I guess that's really what I fell in love with, with human design was that it's a, gives us a roadmap to understand how it is that we're built and how it is that our body feels and how we're specifically empathic to other people. Cause we all are actually very empathic in different ways, which is so, so cool. I'm so glad you did that. Cause I was about to ask like, <laughs> how do we connect this yes. together? Right. And, and what are some of your favorite tools for, yeah. okay, great. I, here I am listening and I'm like, yep, this resonates. Yeah. I'm a high sensitive person. I'm dealing right. with this. I mean, I have people ask me all the time, how can I work on my boundaries? And like, I kind of love, hate the conversation that's popular right now in the world around boundaries and boundary mm-hmm. setting. I think there's very healthy boundary setting. And then there's also boundary setting where we're cutting ourselves off. We're killing something off. We're removing ourselves from life. And it can be, they can be like right next to each other. And it's hard to tell what's, which one's operating. That mm-hmm. being said though, like the, there are tools, there are mm-hmm. ways that we can learn to work with this. And, and one of the big things for me that I think is what I've started to glean from. So Siri actually did a human design reading for me before this podcast, mm-hmm. so I could get experience of her work. Thank you for that. Super grateful. Yeah. So talk more about that. Like give us just a little bit of an overview on human design, what it is, where it came from. And then we'll talk about how it helps you see where you're more empathic or more sensitive in different areas of your life. Yeah. And I, gosh, I just love that <laughs> talking about boundaries. I mean, we we could make so many podcasts out of this one conversation. It's so cool. The boundaries, you know, and that got me thinking like boundaries, you know, boundaries can be like we talked about, like zipping up and guarding your energy or shining bright. And it's like, I think human design helps us to understand that you can stand t- tall in your energy and essentially know what resonates with you and meaning where your soul is leading you, like what is correct for you and then what doesn't resonate. And so when we are clear about that and we're standing in our light, it's really easy to just go, oh, that doesn't resonate, you know, and and I'm just going to walk away from that now, right? Rather than being muddled in the <laughs> trying to navigate like, oh, what it is this. So essentially human design, if you've never heard of it, is a really cool system that's relatively new on the planet. And it was channeled by one guy, Ra Uruhu. And what's so cool about it is that it's, it's based on astrology and it pulls from all sorts of different modalities like the I Ching and the Kabbalah and, you know, genetics and all sorts of things. But essentially it's based off your birth time and birthplace. And it basically gives you a roadmap of how it is that you're built, like how the energy in your body works, your correct way of managing your specific energy type, how you best make decisions, how you're empathic to other people. And 
it's it I have found it to be a very validating system to help us to honor, oh, I am built differently than those around me. And that is a really good thing. You know, our society as a whole is very conditioned to all operate the same and to all eat the same and work out the same and sleep the same and work the same. And we're all built very differently. And so when we can actually lean into how it is that we're built, like I said, it allows us to access our body's natural wisdom that is always guiding us for the next correct step for us. And it leans, it helps us to lean into our gifts so that we can help others with that, right? If we're all the same, we're not, (laughs) we're not helping each other and we need to lean into that difference. And so I have found that knowing how it is that you, you can listen to your body and knowing how it is that you pick up energy from other people is so empowering because it allows you to know what's you and what's others. And basically our souls have come in with a agenda of what we want to learn and what we want to work through in this lifetime. And by being built in a way where we have access to defined energy, it's called in human design, where we always have access to certain energy that's in our body. And then having access to undefined energy, which is the empathic ability of feeling other people, we allow ourselves to learn from other people in how we feel their energy, if that makes sense. So for example, there's one center in human design called the spleen center. And it's all about our instincts and our fears in life. And essentially we all fear something that is such a gift because it wakes our system up. It alerts us. It's what gives us that energy to run away from that, (laughs) that wild animal if it's chasing us. Right. But so many of us make the choice of just staying in that fear, which paralyzes us over time. And if we can learn to utilize the fear for waking us up and then cross into the intuitive nature that fear brings us because it awakens our whole system, then we all of a sudden have so much access to our inner compass. So in human design, if you're born with an undefined spleen center, it means that you actually feel other people's fear. <laughs> and you I actually... think this is in my chart. Do you remember? I think so. I think um... it is. I have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that it so it's that far if you have it up, it's that far left. Oh yeah. Oh, so you so you have a defined spleen. So okay. meaning you actually have natural fear all the time because that's something that's innate within you. <laughs> uh-huh. But <Yes. laughs> but I'll, you also have also consistent intuition and insight, right? And so yeah. you as a soul have a choice to live in that fear or let it wake you up. And then cross into the intuitive nature that it has, all the insights that it has for you. Me, on the other hand, I have an undefined spleen, meaning I will feel your fear. (laughs) And so it's my choice. Sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, dang it. (laughs) COVID has been a wild thing. Oh, I bet. Because there's fear all over the place. But, you know, so my lesson in this lifetime is to learn about fear and to go, oh, what is this whole fear thing about? Because I feel it. I basically can feel it and magnetize it within you or within Mm -hmm. me, you know, your fear. And that helps me to understand it and understand what fear is all about. And I can feel it in my body. It's magnified. And then my job is to go, okay, that's the fear. That's her. Now I'm going to step away and go back to me. Right. And that's so magical. Right. Cause if I didn't know about human design, I would think that that's my own fear. And then I just get muddled in it thinking it's my own when really it's, it's there to give my soul insight. Right. And to let it go. That's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. So if we look at like, how can people like what you said something about like human design gives people access to just a better understanding. But I think, and I mean, I'm brand, brand, brand new. I actually had had somebody else years ago who just pulled my chart up and he said some mm. stuff, but it wasn't really like a full reading. Mm. So the reading that you and I did was the, and, and I'll be honest, like most of it's still just washing over me. Like it hasn't yet fully stuck but I remember there was one thing we talked about in my reading I think it's the top channel or or human design center it's the very crown Mm -hmm. chakra and that one is undefined for me it's open and you started Mm -hmm. to say something about this that this was one of those like I mean I've had a lot a lot I've had my astrology chart read interestingly enough I didn't realize this I had my chart read about once a decade like the first ah. time I ever had it run, I read I was 18 yeah. and then I had it read again around 29 and then mm-hmm. I had it read again in my like late 30s. And then mm. now I get it. I get it read actually. And I mean, my birth chart doesn't change. So there's not much, but like there's more I'm starting to get exposed to and learn about astrology. Mm-hmm. And I'll just put this caveat in for me. I'm not a fatalist and I don't come from like, oh, this is but this is kind of like looking at the spiritual or energetic side of your genetics. Like yeah. I do have brown hair. It is yeah. not some like, oh, that's my fate to be a brunette, you know, <laughs> like, and I have brown eyes and I'm five foot yes. eight and I have German background in my heritage and I, you know, have certain right. features. And there are also things that get passed on in our families that are, are more soft genetics, or we, mm-hmm. we, we are starting to tie more of it to epigenetics. We've actually found this is blows my mind. Speaking of trauma, I hate that they did it this way in rats, but they did. So they did a study in rats that actually showed that traumatic events can be passed on through the epigenetics from generation to generation. And it fit what we've experienced, particularly from like massive large events like the Holocaust oh, and wow. other things that have happened. So if you're second or third generation from a family member who, or many family members, because that's usually how it went, who experienced the Holocaust, there is actually a pattern of fear and anxiety and concern that will be in your body, even though none of those events happen to you. Yes, exactly. It's like inherited PTSD. Exactly. So they actually proved this in rats, where they had rats in a study that when they would smell a particular thing, a, they would have a negative consequence in mm, this one generation mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. it got ingrained in their bodies that all they had to do was smell the smell and their body would respond like there had been yes. pain and it would yes. respond with trauma. Then they bred those rats and the next generation, having never been exposed to the pain, when they were exposed to the smell, their body mm-hmm. responded like it was in pain. <laughs> then so the crazy. third generation, it still showed up and they said it took multiple multiple breeding generations for Mm. that to to fade out Mm -hmm. this brings Mm -hmm. a whole nother level of science to the nurture versus nature conversation so like in my family we have in many families i mean just this is how humanity has been we have abuse and physical violence and some suicide and and anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression run throughout my family and Mm -hmm. my parents generation were the generation that said like no the buck stops right. here and right. there hasn't been physical abuse and violence in that generation. And then now me and my cousins were one generation out from that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I will respond to things. Yeah. That I'm like, this, and this is where I'm like, this isn't even mine. Am I just picking it up from the outside world or is it coming through something more core to me? It feels like me. Yeah. It's like maybe epigenetics or what have you. But that being said, all that for background 
there was a particular part of my reading that you shared about the the crown chakra or the set the the one at the top of the head you can say however yeah. you guys say it in human design mm-hmm. being open being undefined and what that meant for me and when you said it it was one of those lightning bolt moments where i'm like <laughs> that explains something about myself that i have struggled with and now yeah. having some distinction around it i it's like I can relate to it in a different way than just it's been something I've just made myself wrong for. I can't remember the specifics. Can you recreate it as an example here? <laughs> totally. I'm so glad that that lit up for you. I mean, it's and that's the part that's so cool about human design is there's these validating moments. It's like, oh, my gosh, yes, that has been that is how I'm built. But I've been putting pushing that off to the side for my whole life, you know. So the head center is really cool because it's essentially a pressure center and it's how information comes in. And so if you have it defined like me, it means that, you know, I sort of always have this internal creative input that's coming in. And I, I'm a very creative person just as is. For someone who is undefined like you, it means that you're externally inspired. That creative input is going to come in from the outside world, from other people. And essentially, you're like a mind reader. It's like you you go into a coffee shop, you're, the ideas are just flooding in. Even and... sometimes personal experience of people. Like I think that's another aspect mm-hmm. of my intuitive side. And I've always thought about it, intuition, but like you know, I can do chakra readings of people Mm -hmm. and literally tell them things about their life and specifics. And when you said that, I was like, yeah. And like, I hear other people's thoughts in my head and I frequently will hear a whole sentence or several conversations, parts of a conversation. And then I just don't say anything. And the person I'm with says exactly what I heard in my head. Like, seconds to even 30 seconds or minutes later like I will literally have known that's exactly what they were thinking and and I've always kind of written it off as like I don't even know like coincidence to like well maybe that's just that thing that the but like if I really break it down I literally had the full thoughts in my head before they spoke it word for word yes which is so cool that you have awareness of that because it's literally how you're built right and so you are someone who's meant to take in all of these information like all of like the run thoughts. a podcast <laughs> yes exactly yep. exactly and and then for you you know how you take care of yourself then is to understand that that is happening and that is coming in from outside sources right and the the conditioning that can happen with that is that you end up thinking about things that don't matter. You just ruminate on stuff that you're like, why am I even thinking about this? And it's because it's a pressure center, right? So things are always coming in. So for you to actually honor like, okay, what are all these thoughts in my head and journal them out and get them on paper to look at it and go, okay, I have all these thoughts, which, which of these thoughts and ideas really resonate with my body and like Mm -hmm. me up. And that's what I'm actually going to put my energy towards. And that's what I've been shifting towards is like, so one of the things I think the shadow side or the challenge that has been there for me, and you might tell me this comes from a different area, but my experience of this is like, I will easily adapt and agree into other people's ideas and kind of like, like I'm a pretty strong person, but there's a place where I can be quote easily influenced. Mm -hmm. And I literally like even people's lives, like this catches me in relationships. Like I have a tendency to end up not bringing my full self-expression and who I am to meet my partner. I will just adapt into their life Yes, and kind of lose myself. And it's like, 
And when other people have big ideas or strong ideas, I get really easily enrolled in them. And I want, but then I, if I don't do the checking, if I don't lean into my body, what ends up happening is like six months, nine months, years later, I get resentful. I feel like I'm out of alignment. I start to realize I'm losing touch with my own core compass because I'm really, I'm literally living out somebody else's life. Yeah. Well, so that does lead into you. You have an undefined G center and the G center is all about our self identity and our path. I have some defined life. centers too, guys, but yes. <laughs> yes. These are undefined ones. Well, and of course our undefined, I like to call them our wisdom centers because we really, that's where all the learning is, you know, <laughs> it's like, and I only have a two, two undefined, but they, it's like, it's super magnified for me. But anyway, you have an undefined G center, meaning you are empathic to life paths. So whoever you are spending time with, you will naturally kind of become whatever path they're on because you you get to be a chameleon in that way because your soul wants to experience all the different pathways in life to feel what it is that resonates with you. So it's really about unhooking from that idea that you feel like you have to be mm. a certain on a certain path or to be a certain something in your life, because it's always going to be evolving with you depending (laughs) on who you're around, you know? And I do, I constantly struggle against that. And I want, you know, it's like, I have this sense of like, God, I, there's something wrong with me that I'm not more. And, you know, from the outside world looking in, and I'm sure people are like, what do you mean your life path isn't defined? (laughs) Like you're one of the strong, cause I, I mean, I do come across, I'm very strong in many Mm -hmm. ways and I am very committed to being a healer and healing And, but when I've even explored like how I want to express that, I'll go hang out with some amazing doctor and I'm like, oh my God, maybe I should do it their way. And then I go hang out with this person. Like, oh my God, I should probably do it their way. And then I go like, I learn about this kind of like specialty and that kind of specialty. And I'm like, well, maybe I need, and I'm always railing against, I need to specialize. I need to specialize. And then lately what's been coming up is I've been working through my own, like what I would say more of my authentic self coming forward is like, yeah. I will always be a doctor and I'll always have that component of practicing medicine. But this other piece of what does it mean to be a healer is showing up that is, I think, something that I've not, and it might be, it just wasn't in my life's path yet to step into. But so going back to, to how human design can make a difference for people you know, that has been one of the things too, that you said the the G center, <laughs> I so want to call it the G spot. I, I know really, every time I I'm know. like, it's catch myself, which is also kind of great. But, and then that other piece about the, the head center being undefined. Now here's an interesting reflection. So on my chart, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight centers in human mm-hmm. design. They there's kind nine, of align yeah. with the chakras. There's nine. One, two, three, four, five. Oh yeah. I would had one. Yeah. Nine. There's nine. They kind of line up with the chakras somewhat, but then there's mm-hmm. also some bonus ones for mm-hmm. people who can't, you know, you can look, you can look up the chart online. We'll probably have it in the show notes. I have one, two, three, four, five of them are defined and four of them are undefined. So do you have people where like all of them are defined and none of them are undefined? And then there are there people where there's like, so then I can imagine some people where they have way more of them that are undefined. That's got to yes. be like way trippy. <laughs> to be well, that kind of a person. Right. Well, and it's just a lot to work with, right? And then when you don't know about human design, we can get lost in that because mm-hmm. we're like, what is us? What is else? Other people, right? And so I guess that's a good segue. We can just do a general overview of all of the energy types because by me looking at a chart, I can know what type you are just by looking at the picture because of the the centers that you have defined and undefined. It's really specific to you as a person, but also it helps us to understand 
your circuitry as the type. So essentially in human design, there are five types and those types are basically aspects of how it is that your circuitry works and it gives us insight in how you can take care of yourself energetically. And so the first type I was like going into are manifestors. They're about 8% of the population and they're essentially the initiators of the planet. They're here to create change. They're create here to initiate and start new businesses and projects and ideas and their energy works in urges. So they'll have urges to start new things. And then it's their job to inform others about what it is they're doing to kind of call in the helpers and then to, to start that new project or job. And then once that is all started and initiated, it's their job to rest and allow the next urge to come through. And, you know, they, it's, they're so important because we need those, those powerful people that kind of help us to go in different directions in in the world. Right. And manifestors, you know, as far as energy centers, it, it varies, but they, they can be very sensitive people too, because that's just helpful in their life path. But the next type are called generators and generators are the life bringers of the planet. They actually are here to generate life force energy. I'm a generator. (laughs) I now know. (laughs) That's why she's the powerhouse that you all know and love, which is so great. And so, you know, for all generator types, they'll have the sacral center defined, which is the middle red center. And that is, in Sarah's case, the the energy, it's where everything is created. And so for her body, what's so cool as a generator is that they work as magnets. So they're constantly pulling in people, places, things, opportunities. And it's her job to then listen to that sacral center because her body is literally going to light up for certain choices and for other choices, it's not going to light up. And it's her job to listen to what lights her up and to do that thing because then that generator part of her is going to generate energy for her to go do that thing forever. I mean, it's really, it gives gives her energy and energy. Uh, Most generator types are people pleasers and we love being around generators. And so they're really good at saying yes to everything, even if their body doesn't resonate with it. And so you see a lot of unhappy generators because they aren't actually generating energy like they're meant to. And that's something I've had to continually like learn about myself and heal. And like, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it's interesting as a physician, that it's literally my job to not make people happy, but like it's, it comes from this place of like, I I will work my butt off in order to help somebody actually feel better in their life. And without being more clear about what I need to do to take care of myself in my history, that's looked like codependence and that's looked like really unhealthy relationships. That's more Mm -hmm. romantically than it ever was in anything in my profession. Fortunately, I think because my profession really is so, I'm just really clear. This was my divine calling. Yes. And I've known that from the very beginning. And like, if people have listened to a lot of my episodes somewhere in here, I told the story about how I became a naturopathic doctor. And I mean, I saw an advertisement in a magazine for naturopathic (laughs) physicians for a school. And like 72 hours later, I was applying to school because it was one of those, my body was so clearly, yes, this is who you are. This is what you're supposed to do. It was no question at all. And And that I'm grateful for, right? So I tend to notice that actually one of the healthiest areas of my life that I do the best is my practice, which isn't always true for people, especially do energy work where you can end up taking on other people's shit. Literally, you can absorb a lot of the, you know, some of us, I just had this came up in my astrology and I can't remember. It's like Neptune in the sixth house or something like that. I don't know. But there are people who they're particularly well-designed to actually remove disease, pain, and suffering out of somebody else's body. 
Wow. But there's a way that you can do that and release it to the Mm -hmm. cosmos, to the universe, to Mother Earth, to be transmuted and transformed. There's another way where we end up taking it in through our own body Mm -hmm. and don't properly move it through. Yeah. And that's something I'm grateful for. Liliana taught me early on is how to do readings with people and help them move energy in their space where I'm more like a mirror than I'm Mm -hmm. pulling it into my body and processing it for them. Right. Yeah. The place that I see a lot of people who start to step into their calling to be a healer or to do energy work or even to do Reiki, which is energy work or any of those kinds of practices without some clarity how to navigate that. And I imagine if they're a generator, they could end up just like sucking it all in. And so that's been a place I've had to work out. But also people love to be around me. I mean, I've had people literally tell me, I just like sitting next to you because I feel better. Yep. I feel more calm or at peace <laughs> just being in your space. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, human design has just only validated that knowing that you've been like, oh, okay, that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why people like sitting around me. You know what and I mean? then there like, are manifestor generators. Yes. So that's the next type, which are manifesting generators. And they are a hybrid of the last two. And essentially they work like a generator. They're still like Sarah. They they are magnets. They're pulling in the options. Their body will give them a hell yes or a no. But they also have the manifestor part of them that allows them to initiate and have those urges. And so as a result, they have two motors going on, the generator and the manifestor. And so they work fast and they learn fast and they are multitaskers. They very much live out of the box as far as normal linear paths. (laughs) Not that there's a normal, but it's their job to kind of teach the world that you don't have to hang on to what's not working. And so most manifesting generators will get lit up by a job. It's like a hell yes to go learn that thing. And they dive in and they learn everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that doesn't resonate anymore. And they have to be okay with that pivot. And society needs to be okay with people making that pivot, even if they were only in that job for six months to a year. And so it, it's it's a validating thing for a lot of manifesting generators to be like, oh, okay, it is, it is okay for me to be outside the box. So they also will have that sacral center defined because they... They also have that motor. And then the the next type are called projectors. And they are so cool because they are the seers of the world. They all have a gift for seeing how to make things more efficient in our world. When they're around someone, it's very clear for them how to solve that person's issues that are going on. They know how to make businesses more efficient. It's just like they naturally see things in a different way. And a lot of projectors have a lot of undefined centers. They're very sensitive because that helps them to see, right? If they are empathic to other people around them, it's like, oh, <laughs> that naturally helps their gift. And there's different types of projectors. There's mental projectors that only have a few defined centers at the very top, and then the rest is all undefined. There's the classic projector that has no motor centers defined. So there's no energy centers. Again, that helps them because if they have energy centers going like the motor, then they're going to be more in the doing than the seeing. That makes sense. And then there's then there's the energy projectors where they do have a few other defined centers that help them to it's like those centers give them the boost that their soul needed to kind of have a little bit more umph in the doing part. But they have karma to learn how to know that they have that energy but to know to still use the seeing part of their brain because they they'll be like "Ooh, I see how Sarah does it I'm gonna do it like her because I have a little bit of energy (laughs) but then they end up getting burned out if they try to do it like a generator so anyway that's kind of how the centers work for those types and then 
reflectors, they are super fascinating because that's only about 1% of the population. They're rare and they have no defined energy centers. So all of the centers are white, meaning they are a full reflector for people, right? They will reflect back to us how we are being, which makes them incredible teachers and guides for us. And it makes them very, very, very sensitive to our environment. And I always say they're like the canaries in the mine. You know, if we see a reflector get a job at a business and leave a week later, it's like, oh my God, what is going on in that business? Like the energy is not well there, you know, and that's so for us to really pay attention to reflectors and where they feel good and where they don't feel good helps us as a society to really adjust what needs adjusting. Does that make sense? With all it's those centers? phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, I want my whole family to get readings done so I can like have a different <laughs> relationship because I can yes. totally see how that would be so helpful to yes. relate to each other, you know, and how people operate. And like, you know, my sister and I are so similar in so many ways and so different in so many ways. And I mm-hmm. think some of these kinds of tools would be really great to be able to honor each other's gifts and know how, you know, but then also recognizing, because like, I think our, at least this stage of where we are as a society, and I'm referring to like American, more Western society mm-hmm. is that um, we kind of think everyone else operates like we do. Like that's the first yeah. level, like starting to grow into that maturity to recognize that like literally there are people that operate from completely different places of motivation. They see the world very differently than us. And so that can be where there's, I've noticed a lot of challenges in my relationships have come from when, you know, one person expects that I see the world the way they do and I don't, or I operate from a different place. I've noticed it more in that direction than the other way, but I probably do it to people too. I'm sure I assume that they think like me, but I mean, and honestly, I got a lot of that. I did more so when I was younger, where I assumed everyone operated like I did. Mm -hmm. 10 years of being a transformational performance coach kind of makes you give that up. Like you (laughs) you have to, you know? So I learned a lot about how diverse of a view people have and when people have different views of life and and how they, when they operate from different operating states. And it's like human design gives us access to see what some of those operating states are and how, you know, if you've got a reflector in your family, I can imagine what that could be like for people And they feel like the lone wolf or they're the black sheep or they have to be out because they can't, Mm -hmm. you know, connect in that same way. And they don't operate people who are like, I'm nothing like the rest of my family. You know, I don't feel like I belong there. Like human design could be such a great access to have a better understanding. Totally. And I, I've, I've, I'm really passionate about everyone knowing about human design because, because of that knowledge, right. And that empathy that it creates for us to understand how we're each different and, and when you, you know, I love doing like couples readings because mm. couples can come together and understand how it is they're built and how they're similar and different. And it helps dialogue and helps us to understand where we're coming from. There's so much, there's so much conflict that happens within relationships simply because we're feeling the other person's emotion or we're feeling their fear. And then we think it's directed towards us, but we're just feeling their stuff, you know? And so when we can understand that within a partnership, it's huge. And then I love doing family readings because as a parent, for you to understand how your kids are built, God, it's like, it's life-changing because of course we act in the way that we are built because that's all we know. But if you can understand that your child is different, you can support them in them growing into who they're supposed to be rather than trying to make them like you, which is what most parents end up doing, you know? Yeah, that's brilliant. I know, 
That's so cool. <laughs> I just love how many different tools we have. I mean, like I, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I've been asking the audience for like what else they might want to learn about, but like mostly mm-hmm. you guys just are on this road trip with me because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, we're now we're up in the, the this is going to be episode 85 ish, I think somewhere around there. And so I've gotten to have, you know, 80 some odd interviews with all these different perspectives on how we heal, how we take care of ourselves, how we can come into resonance. And for me, healing is our access to authenticity, full self-expression, soul fulfillment, you know, purpose fulfillment, being true to who we are and what we came here for, whatever that might be to experience or create or build or have or do or any of that. Mm -hmm. And so what I generally find is when we are unwell, it's some part of us is out of alignment with that. Yeah. Most of the time. Now it might not be personal. It might be that we're unwell because our society is out of alignment with that. It's not always, you know, I mean, I don't think that young kids who are born with major illnesses is like, I mean, I don't know what their soul's journey is. I don't know what their karma is or what they're working out, but I would never go, but they may be the canaries in our coal mine of, you know, society Mm -hmm. pointing us to, well, our world is toxic and that has an impact on everybody and the, the way that we're currently working through, I mean, you and I both have stories where we wouldn't be here living these lives without modern medicine. Yeah. I think we've got to be willing to talk about the shortcomings of modern medicine and take Mm -hmm. it off of its pedestal because a lot of pharmaceuticals are toxic. And a lot of the ways that we go about addressing disease suppresses disease and makes things worse for people in the long run, not better, even though we might've dealt with the emergency. And Mm -hmm. so like, there's a whole paradigm shift that I'm a stand for, which is why we're here about opening up the conversation that, you know, there is actually a very known and well understood blueprint for healing and for coming into alignment. And there's all these tools. There's so many of them that are valid and important and make a difference. And mm-hmm. human design is one of them. And astrology is another and Ayurvedic medicine is another. And the ancient classical Chinese medicine is another. And then there's shamanic practices and tribal practices that we don't even, I mean, we've lost more knowledge than we've gained. And we have this concept, like we're the brilliant ones now that have it all sorted out. And they were just all these primitive cultures that didn't know how to heal. We are starting to discover that like there was actual indigenous societies that had no problem healing major illnesses they yeah. actually were more in alignment and we consider it impossible because it looks miraculous because they could heal so quickly. Right. <laughs> well, when you actually get tuned in to your energy centers and the vitality in the body and they bring in all those components, things mm-hmm. that we today in today's world would call completely impossible miracles were totally normal. And we see this yeah. in other parts of our society. I mean, we fly airplanes and use cell phones. And I mean, you and I are recording this over video on an internet right. system through the air. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of the desert right now. Like, I mean, yeah, m- most of our lives today with the cars we drive and even the surgeries we do and the kinds of things we were able to do would mm-hmm. all have been considered complete fantasy miracles, yes. impossibilities, not that long ago. So are we willing yes. to have an open mind? to keep going in that direction. Okay. There's my soapbox part of this conversation, (laughs) but it's like, "Ah." yeah, Yeah. totally. Well, and it's, and it's such a beautiful thing you've created with these podcasts, right? Because you're, you're helping people to know what else is out there. And for me, I, I was exposed to Chinese medicine and all the alternative things at a young age. So none of this has been weird to me. And I feel like 
part of my life path has been to be a bridge for people and to be like, listen, this isn't so weird. And it's actually very helpful and very nurturing. And it's a really, it, it's a, you know, these modalities are a, a way to speed up our own body's natural ability to heal anything. I fully believe that. And these modalities help speed that up in a really nurturing way, which is amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my, my last point as we come to the close here is especially people dealing with, with physical illnesses or physical lack of well-being, mm-hmm. our tendency is to only ever address that physically. Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, yep. we have a trillion dollar, multi-trillion dollar business of well-being that pretty much falls in the world of supplements and diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I utilize a lot of those tools. I think they're yeah. important. Totally. But what I think we need to open up more is, is that I have had people heal major physical issues by addressing spiritual issues, by addressing yes. emotional issues. Like yes. it, if if you're in one corner and it's not getting you the results you need, you may need to move to a different area to yes. access it. And I actually, I mean, what you talked about healing your your brain injury, the acupuncture, the chiropractic, the all the different, the energy medicine, mm-hmm. each one brings in a different piece. And like, totally. I frequently work with an acupuncturist, a chiropractor and a naturopath all the time because they access different points. And it's like this part up levels my energy center. This part gets my spine straight, which helps circulation in my nervous system. This part deals with my internal biochemistry. And, you know, and I'm a little bit of a health junkie. I also have a therapist and I have a life coach and I get, but I have this team of people around me that, that empower the life I want to live and keep me operating. And to be honest, I was one of those kids. I wasn't born well. So there's right. something I have to be responsible for in my karma or in my epigenetics yeah. or whatever my history is that I can operate as well as I can now is because I'm, I do have all those things in place to support us. And yeah. human design is such an awesome access point for our social relationships and understanding ourselves and, and stepping into that alignment of career and how we work in groups and how we work in teams and and a little bit more about ourselves which is a major place that can be a source of stress and can also be when you get an alignment can be a source of healing. Totally. Not to mention it, it gives you the learning and the knowledge of how your body's communicating with you so that you can tune into it each day and go, okay, do I need the chiropractor today? Do I need the acupuncturist? And, and your body will guide you to what it is that you need Yeah, because their bodies are so smart and they're so intelligent and we're just not taught how to communicate and listen to our bodies and our, how our society goes. And so all of you listening have the capacity to listen to that. It just takes understanding how to do that and taking the time to get quiet and actually listen. So good. I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Siri, for being here and for being a part of Heal and everything that we're doing and just granting us such beautiful wisdom and knowledge and intuition and another access point. So Thank you so much. And I can't wait till we can do it again. Oh, I can't wait either. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just so excited to see if any of you dive into these worlds because there's so much to learn and it gets so exciting. So keep diving. (laughs) Awesome. And as always, we will have all of Siri's contact information and how to access her and her work that she does will be in the show notes on the website. And yeah, until we get to do it again. Woohoo. Sounds good. Thank you to today's guest, Siri Waringa, for sharing her light and joy. For all the resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com slash podcast. 
Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. Okay, guys, it's 2023. What does that mean? Well, as much as I may want to resist going with the ye old New Year's resolutions, I do find that in January, I have a renewed sense of energy and desire to make some changes and get back on or just get on for the first time, the horse of health and well-being. Now, in the midst of our seventh season of Heal, I wanted to check in with you, my audience. What do you need now in your healing journey? What are your goals? What are you struggling with, dealing with, or even resigned to that you don't think will ever change? What has been there lingering in the background that you just don't want to drag into yet another year? I want to hear from you. I want to connect and be sure that we are delivering on the topics of information and inspiring stories to support you in your healing journey. When Kendra and I first crafted the idea for Heal, it definitely came out of my personal desire to put as much goodness and possibility of health and healing out into the world. And not actually here just to entertain you. My true heart's desire is that this show makes a difference in your life and supports you to take action to live health and heal. Also, I want to be sure that you know, I have a comprehensive deep dive medical health consulting practice where I meet with my clients virtually from all over the world, and I have room for you. Many people ask me if I'm taking new clients, and while I love that y'all think I'm book solid 100% of the time, actually, I want you to know I am available. I offer a free 30-minute exploration conversation to anyone interested in working with me to learn more about each other and how my approach may make a difference for you. Commonly, I work with people dealing with hormone issues, gut and digestive issues, chronic fatigue, autoimmune disorders, mold toxicity, chronic allergies, migraine headaches, insomnia, and people who have dealt with chronic anxiety and depression looking to support their body's biochemistry in addition to healing their emotional and mental challenges. While that may seem like quite a list, most of those diseases are connected and disorders are connected. So we will bridge the gap to bring it all together to elevate your health and your well-being and get your life back. I have a deeply intuitive and scientific-based approach. Yes, both. I bridge the worlds of coaching, spiritual energy healing, and doctoring to bring you the best tools you need to get your life and your health back as efficiently and effectively as possible. The early months of the new year come with an increasing light each day, bringing new vision, new motivation, and new energy. As the seeds you planted last summer and fall, deep beneath the soil are slowly waking up and gathering their power to sprout new futures this spring. This is the perfect time to take new action and create health and a pathway to healing. I'm here for you. If you have felt called to find out more about the possibility of working together, please reach out on my Connect page of my website, sarahmarshallnd.com, and let's talk. Also, please contribute to the show with guest ideas or topic ideas or how-to guides or whatever it is that is going to make a difference for you this year in 2023. What do you want to learn about? What do you want to know about? What are you dealing with? You can shoot us an email on that same page of my website, sarahmarshallnd.com slash connect. I love you guys. Heal wouldn't exist without you. Thanks so much.